episode 12. We made it. We made it here to episode 12 of Mouthful of Shanti. <laughs> episode 12, we're going to get the name right. Um, Mouthful with Shanti. Hi, I'm Shanti, your host. I'm excited to be here. I feel like it's a big deal that we made it to 12, you know? My guest today, uh, I'm really excited to have her on the show. Uh, she is a fat liberation activist, a model, a lecturer. That's how we met through the world of academia. And I brought her here today to talk about fat liberation and how we can better understand the fat community and unlearn some of the phobias and stigmatizations that we hold within us. So here we go. If you could be any kitchen appliance, anything in a kitchen, what thing would you be this is the question i ask my students on the first day of school shut up this question this exact question that's <laughs> why my teacher that's why my jaw dropped um that is hilarious well i love it because it's like our love for the kitchen <laughs> our food comes out in that because i'm already exactly. excited to know because yeah. i'm like anything it could be i love it i know it's such a good question and i feel like every day it changes <laughs> oh god it's so fluid, i know i'm know? just like mm, i don't know what am i gonna choose only one um i honestly feel like in my current state i'm really into my ninja blender i got a ninja oh. like a couple years ago for christmas okay. from my okay. partner and life changer i mean you could blend absolutely anything okay. but i think the part of me that wants to be it is that it is fucking huge oh it's yeah. cussing okay yeah okay, yeah great. you could say anything you want you could say dick <laughs> asshole oh okay cunt. perfect yeah fuck it up uh, <laughs> so yeah i just feel like the ninja is huge it takes yeah. up so much counter space it's very unapologetic about its yeah. counter space and it's loud as fuck but it gets the job done but it does it loud proud and it takes up space and i feel like that's what i would like to embody all of the yeah. time is my ninja blend yeah yeah i like that that you're saying it's you it takes up space yeah i've actually had people answer this question with like something that's out of the way and doesn't take up space mm. but i love that i love your answer of it taking up space because it actually leads in to the reason of you know um one of the reasons of why i brought you here today um the intention of this episode of all episodes of course is to always elevate marginalized voices and give a platform to people who aren't always elevated in our just regular world and so um you i met through san francisco state and i found out that you um are involved with fatness studies mm -hmm. and so i just want to know more and learn more about that and so i guess um i guess i want to start off with just the word like the word fat mm-hmm yeah, the word fat and me have gone all the way back. I think back. some people might have gotten scared when I just said the word. I, I, yeah, I'm sure Don't they, get scared. Yeah. Don't get scared. Yeah, honestly, a more terrifying word to me is the word obese, and we'll get into that. Okay. Um, that uh, word is... It's, it's, it's like, terrifying. It's just like it sounds awful, and I yeah. think that's part of the reason why they chose that language in yeah. the science. And we'll talk about that when we as yeah. we talk about fat liberation. Fatness, I feel like I have been called fat since, like, I can remember language in yeah. my life. Like, in my family, uh, my parents are both fat, and yeah. I have a lot of fat cousins, and fatness has always been, like, at the forefront of my life since I was really young. And I think for a long time, I avoided calling myself fat because I thought that it was 
the worst thing. Like Attached I thought to so many yeah, stigmas. I was like, let me call myself anything but this word because mm-hmm. that's what people are using to be mean to me. But I'm not mm-hmm. fat. I'm curvy or I'm thick. You know, Fluffy. like yeah, all the other things that are just acronyms that have a more positive connotation. Yeah. And it wasn't until like I was in college, maybe like my junior year, that I was like, no, straight up just call me fat. And I actually embodied that word in language when I talked to my nibblings which is the gender neutral word for nieces and nephews and like I tell them yeah I think it's also cuter nibblings I like that it's so cute yeah I was just thinking of like friends and like Mm -hmm. I didn't know what and it just made me think of family yeah like a creative family like nuclear family terms but I like that nibbling nibbling and and before we don't segue too far um what is it for aunt and uncle um, you could call them pibblings. Okay. Because pibling, you're pibling. pibling. Yeah. Okay. So it's like sibling, right? Those okay. are your people that are next to you from your parents. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. pibbling would be like the your parents' siblings, siblings. which would be aunt and uncle. And, and then nibblings. nibblings. Like, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. All I right. think they're ju- it's just cuter, you know? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, and so my nibblings know that I want to be called fat. And like yeah. I have a nibbling who is like chunky already and like yeah. living life in her chunky body and having kids say shit to her about it already. Yeah. And, you know, we had a conversation on the they're trampoline. they're so young. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. And we had a conversation on the trampoline. She's nine. And she was like, yeah, Tia, like these kids, they called me fat. And I was like, oh, well, you know. And then she stopped me and she was like, I already know that it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like, I already know that it's fine that I'm fat and you're yeah. fat and that's fine. And I'm like, holy shit. Like yeah. that is revolutionary for me because like at nine there was no understanding of me being like it's okay to be fat you know so I think my acceptance of the word fat is that it is a neutral descriptor of my body but it's also not a neutral word because I don't think anything can truly be neutral it's not a neutral word no as a as a as a comic when I say that word on stage um so I used to be fat um and then I lost weight but there's different things that are left in your mind um, when you you change from, you know, your body changes like that. But I talk about that. And when I mention the word fat, I can feel audiences just tighten up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, and people do get like, oh, my God. It's like I said a really bad word. Yeah. Yeah, but, because yeah. people know that. They don't want to be fat because they know yeah. the repercussions of what it means to be fat in a westernized society where fat yeah. phobia is alive and well. So I think that that's a part of it, too, is that I want to startle people when I just call yeah. myself fat. And I almost want them to have the reaction that many people have, which is like, you're not fat. You're beautiful. You're glorious. Like all these things. And I'm like, no, I'm fat and all those things. Yeah. Right. And it's not like. I know that that's not new rhetoric to be heard by people, but I do think that there are still – I live in a bubble where, like, I live with a lot of people who are in fat acceptance. Yeah. And so it is sometimes hard to be like, oh, this isn't new, and then realize it is really new to have people yeah. kind of understand fatness outside of its negative connotation that you're not supposed to be fat. It's a moral failure. It's wrong. We all have a thin person inside of us waiting to get out. Like, all of those – pieces of narratives are attached to the word fat and will probably forever be attached to them until we can fully rewrite it. But I think you can't rewrite history, right? It exists. So acknowledging all those negative pieces are really important to also thinking about fat liberation. 
Yeah, and I guess acknowledging that helps us unlearn some of the phobias that we're holding, mm -hmm. which is what makes us so scared of the word fat. And I guess that makes me think, like, what does that make you feel, you living, um, uh, you know, a life as, a, as, a, as someone who's fat, and then you hear people say the negative things they may say of, like, oh, I feel this, like, I feel fat, or oh, the way they address it in such a, like, nightmarish way. Yeah. But you're living it right next to them. What does that make you feel when people, like, say things like that? Mm -hmm. Because I, I remember at some point when I was living that life and people that were smaller than me would say something like that. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. But I... Like, you know, I would maybe say that sometimes, but then sometimes I didn't feel like I was in a space to say that and I would just be pissed off in my mind. But I guess, how does that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't feel fucking good because I know what they're saying. And I yeah. wish that people would understand multiple things with this question that you're offering here. Like, yeah. one piece is fat is not a feeling. Mm -hmm. What are you actually feeling? Are you feeling gross about your body are you feeling sad about your body are you feeling bloated are you feeling yeah. uncomfortable yeah. those are the terms like reach for that instead of reaching for a body type right like yeah. when you say you feel fat what it, not, what are you yeah. really trying to say yeah. because my body is existing here as a fat body like i don't yeah. feel fat i am fat i can feel yeah. my fat quite literally but the feeling of fatness. It's usually a digestive thing. Yeah, I, feel I think gassy. people say that. I feel constipated. Yeah. I feel bloaty. Or like after, before going out, people are like, oh my God, I feel so fat. And yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. dude, are you feeling bloated? Like, what are you trying to say? Or right? you're feeling guilty about <laughs> yeah. something or whatever. And that's a you thing. Right. Like, yeah. And, and either way, like no matter what the negative emotion is or whatever the descriptor is that's actually happening, not you feeling fat, but you're feeling those things. Mm -hmm. It is also still attached to a fear of being bigger. Like yeah. when people say like, I feel fat, I don't want to go out. There is what the really, the truth is behind that is you feel too big to be seen in public. You feel yeah. like you look fat or that your body isn't in the way that it's supposed to be, air quotes around that. Yeah. Um, And so again, right, like the reason why you're saying that is because of fat phobia. Yeah. And I have had these conversations with other people before who have had things where they've, like, critiqued their body in front of me or just been, like, super, like, I don't know, negative about their yeah. existence and they're much smaller than me. Yeah. And I'll tell them, like, it's really hard for me to be sitting next to you while you're saying all these things about your body while my much larger body is right next to you. And oftentimes what happens is they'll say things like, oh, well, my own thoughts about myself is not a reflection of anybody else. But that is simply not true yeah because if you think that about yourself how you think about yourself is reflected in how you look at other people it has to do with the self-hate yes and so you're gonna hate other people when you hate yourself in those ways exactly and also when people say things like i have people in my life who will be like oh you know this and this and that like these people fit these ways but yeah. not you because yeah. like I love you, and I would never like, think that about you. Up. Right? <laughs> shut the fuck up with this fake bullshit Such right now. Such a lie, because also, yeah. if you're saying that about people who have the it's same like a microaggression. Identity, it's right. a microaggression. I mean, all levels of oppression, all yeah. systems have microaggressions, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly that is what that is. 
And it's also really telling of you that you have to have this personal connection to me and this love yeah. for me to be able to be like, okay, I can get over your fatness because I yeah. love you. But these people who you don't have that connection to, you can dehumanize. You yeah. can critique the way they eat. You can make stereotypes about them. You can compare yourself and yeah. say, thank God I'm not as big as them. But not you, Angelina. I'm not talking about you. But it's like that can't happen, actually. That Which cognitive really dissonance doesn't fake. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so – you're so separated from the actual thing that it's fake it Mm -hmm. doesn't seem real what you're saying yeah yeah and it's like if we just can explain like to people like this on a different thing i think if we use a parallel of like money if you're having financial problems and you're next to someone that is in a different financial place than you and maybe not as you know have as much currency as you do and then you're like oh my god like da 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 it's like dude i'm on a different I'm in a different place than you and like the complaints you're having right now, you're not being conscious of mm. what is around you. Yeah. And I think it happens a lot in, in relation to me or anybody who yeah. does like fat liberation work or body liberation work. There's like this comfort that happens and an ease that happens that people are like, yeah. Oh, I can tell you about like my issues with my body. Yeah. And like I do want people to talk to me about their yeah. you know, their feelings. But also like you need everyone should be practicing on asking yeah. consent if they're going to spew negative feelings about their body. It's a yeah. simple thing of just like, hey, I'm I is it cool if we talk real quick about like all these negative feelings I'm experiencing about my body? Yeah. Because then I can put myself into a mental place of like, okay, this is about you. It's not about me. I can do that work. But it's still going to rub off on me because it's dump every, trucking. Right. And everybody impacts everyone. Everything yeah. you say impacts other people, regardless if you knew it was going to, regardless if that was your intention, regardless if they're even at like another table at this restaurant, yeah. et cetera. So it's just a I think it's a cop out to be like, oh, it's not actually about you. It's my own thing. Yeah. It's like it's it's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what are, and then there's so many, but let's like maybe think about one or two things. What are some ways people can unlearn some of these fat phobic ways of thinking? Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I like to think that unlearning fat phobia and anti-fatness is going to be a lifelong journey for every single oh, person. Oh, it's going to be a lifelong journey. Yeah. For me, at least I know, because every time experiencing weight loss and seeing the difference in how people treat mm-hmm. me has been the hardest thing because it see it, it it works as a social currency yes that i feel like i'm receiving now which hurts the same me that's inside cuz i'm like wait 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 how come i wasn't getting paid like this before i'm still doing the same shit i'm still the same me and so i have this fear of now having that currency and like will i have the strength and love for myself develop strong enough that mm. if I lose that currency, will I be okay with losing that currency again? Yeah. It's not that I, you know, I'm not looking down at anything. It's just I've experienced a difference. I don't, I don't know how to, yeah, it's just, and so I think the only root of that is unlearning. We all have a degree Mm-hmm. of these things that we internalize. And so it's all a process, a forever process. I agree. But yes, yeah. you are saying. Yeah, so I think there are 
interpersonal ways that we can unlearn fat phobia together. And then I think there's a lot of the internal work that has to happen. I think one of the most important frameworks is to understand that regardless if a fat person is fat because they choose to be fat Mm -hmm. or if they are fat because of genetics or whatever chronic illnesses they might have, Mm -hmm. that their fatness is still valid. Mm -hmm. And that being a fat person is a valid way to exist. Mm -hmm. And there is not a thin person hiding within every fat person that you can be fat all your life. And that is not a moral failure. Yeah. And I think the other part is a lot of healthism gets attached to why people are so anti-fat. There's like a lot of stigma and ideas about like, Oh, fat people are just taking over the medical system and they're taking our tax money from all these doctors and healthcare, right? It's like all these weird, like healthcare things that happen. Yeah. It's like, I'm having a problem. It's cause you're, fat right because you ate cheeseburgers that's why you have a rash exactly and the other thing is like anybody who's complaining about like fat people overwhelming the medical system first of all we don't have universal health care here in the u.s so we're not overwhelming any of your systems because we're having to pay for our own fucking insurance because it's a fucking luxury here not a privilege or not a right so that's just like a bullshit you know argument again but i think denouncing or like divorcing health from the conversation because all bodies of all different sizes can have different health ailments and some people will never be able to have a clean bill of health in regards to the westernized understanding of health if you have a chronic illness any autoimmune condition you have to take you know prednisone Mm -hmm. what does prednisone do it's a steroidal medication it gives you they call it moon face it makes you gain weight it makes you moon face of course, that's not a lifelong medication that people take. It's not good to take it lifelong, but the amount of time that you do take it, it puts your body through serious weight changes, and it's like you can't do anything about that. Yeah. But people don't know. Right. And how do we define health? Because if you're not getting eight hours of sleep a night, maybe you're not considered healthy. If you're not you know, taking care of all your supplements, like if you're not seeing the sun, like yeah. all of these different things come yeah. in. And Anger compl- management. Right. Therapy. Yeah. Hello. Mental health all these things right but it's so easy to just like look at a fat person and then blame or think about health first and foremost because of what fat phobia has taught us so really pushing against those narratives if you see a fat person in your first place is to go to judgment of like oh my god like whatever the thing is enter the microaggression or macro aggression Mm -hmm. the moment is to then call attention to that and ask yourself why do i think that who has told me that? How have I been informed of this, right? Like, what is informing me to believe these things? And are they all capital T truths? Like, yeah. is this an actual truth here? Or is it a bias that you've been taught and continued to learn from, right? And that's the critical thinking. And I know that it sounds... I wish you can give this lecture in <laughs> India. Like, I feel yeah. like the Asian community, mm-hmm. and I'll just speak for at least the South Asian community, this thing about weight and walking up to a person and just saying it. Yeah. The first thing, like literally I'll see family and you know, at that point in my life when I would see family after a few years, the first thing they would say, Kitni moti hogi, which means how fat have you gotten since mm-hmm. we saw you last kind of, and it's just like, and, and good to see you too. Great. Right. I'm just going to go crying now. Yeah. And this is why I never want to come to India, mom. <laughs> and it's like, I'm, I'm banishing a country because they speak like this, yeah. you know, and it's just, so, yeah, don't if you're thinking these things like this, I guess there's some reflection. In yeah. Yeah. And, you know, fatness and culture is so interlinked. And I, you know, in my 
culture, like fatness is kind of like, there's so many fat people that I grew up around, but none of those fat people were like okay with being fat. Yeah. I mean, my mom had gastric bypass in the early 2000s when it was kind of like a brand new thing. And I remember my dad having a conversation about like, your mom's going to have this big surgery and like be really nice to her before she goes in because you don't know what's going to happen. And now when I think about it, and I think maybe like in my teens, I realized it was like my mom was choosing potential death to become thin over existing as a fat person. Yeah. And there was another fat mom in our town who died from the same surgery like a couple weeks yeah. after my mom got it. And I I just want us to be able to understand and really sit with the weight, pun intended, of the idea that thinness and potential death are held at a higher power than just existing in your fat body. And to think about what it means that like we glorify it is. bariatric about, surgery. Like, there's a diet pill I think that's out right now in LA. I don't know the name of it. That's going. Oh, Zambek. Is that the name? I but think they say di- diabetics. The medication yes, for diabetics Ozenbeck. is being impacted because of the supply because people want this pill yeah. in it's LA. It's Ozempic. It's a shot actually that all of these Hollywood celebrities are taking, and also doctors are like prescribing it to average Joes as well because it is for diabetics to improve insulin resistance. And so fat people who are getting prescribed it are losing weight because it's also an appetite suppressant. But it's exactly doing that. The supply for diabetics, uh, it's really in demand right now. So their supply is like cut short and it's increasing in price. And we do all of that as we chase thinness. But that's crazy because I read a thing and that's two thirds of the U.S. is overweight. So if two thirds of the U.S. is overweight, why are we acting like the majority isn't overweight and stigmatizing the majority? And then L.A., I feel bad for these people that are living there that feel this pressure to reflect a false idea of who the U.S. is then by trying to be these skinny ass people. Right. That and then they're gonna have heart attacks at fucking thirty one. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really looked into what this medication can do. <laughs> but I imagine Yeah. I, well, also you know. the weight loss effects that they're experiencing, they're sh- they're gonna be short term because mm-hmm. you have to be on Ozembic long term if you want to keep the results that you're getting. I think any of this shit is always short term. Yeah. People are like, I'm on keto. I'm on keto. Well, bitch, you started eating lasagna yeah. again. And three weeks later, you gained it all fucking right. back. And also like What's carbs. Your brain needs Your carbs. body needs carbs. <laughs> like I love, I like to lift. And with lifting, it promotes eating carbo- carbs because it really feeds your body to do the things it needs to do. Mm -hmm. Carbs feeds us. Yeah, it's like every couple of years, the diet industry chooses a new food group to attack. Yeah. And that's just what they'll do. And people believe it. Even, you know, there's like on whatever that one Atkins diet, it's like you can't even have fruit and it's because that has sugars. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like how – Take a moment and just fucking think. But that's how intense fat phobia is. So when people denounce fat phobia yeah. and say like, oh, I'm not afraid of fat yeah. people. It's like, okay, first of all, it's like, shut I don't the see fuck color. up. Yeah. I'm like, shut the fuck up and sit down yeah. because let's talk about rhetoric. Yeah. So we have racism, sexism, ageism, ableism. ableism, right? They all have isms. And then we have fat phobia, transphobia, homophobia. And there is a push to get rid of those terms and use things like sizeism or like heteronormativity, et cetera, instead of having phobia yeah. because it promotes this idea of fear. But rhetoric is important because when you say – 
I have this fear, your bigotry gets to become kind of like validated. Yeah. Well, you're hiding, you know, you have this fear. Like, that's okay to be afraid, right? Yeah. And so they get to be bigots out loud and proud and hide behind this idea of a fear. And that's how words work. That's yeah. how rhetoric works. I mean, it's, it's a smart tactic, it's right? It's perpetuating that right. feeling by being, by saying that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, with homophobia, I always remember Prop 8 in California of, like, you know, legalizing marriage and people being like, save marriage and don't let the gays take over. And it's like, yeah, these people were hiding behind what they would call a legitimate fear of yeah. queer folks. But that's not a legitimate fear. That is just hatred. That is oppression. And that's also culturally created. Right. Because a lot of these folks in a different time, in a different space, were looked at differently. Mm -hmm. Queer people, fat people, you know, like... And so I guess that can lead us kind of into fatness studies and things and, and also, but I feel like, um, you know, in transitioning into sexiness mm -hmm. and how fat is looked at and how it's denounced in this way and it's separated from sexy mm -hmm. and which is, uh, which is ridiculous because sexy is just like culturally constructed. And so I guess one way to unlearn, like we were saying earlier, I like to follow um, uh, body diverse uh, profiles, mm -hmm. all, you know, all body types, because I want that to be reflected. So I guess people who are listening, one way, a quick way to unlearn, you know, follow you, Angelina, right oh, now, yeah. and then follow <laughs> anybody else that you feel like maybe is outside of the quote, quote, normative body type because then you can see more and your idea of beauty can change but to go into um fatness and sexiness yeah and the separation that maybe i don't know like fat people don't have a sex drive or people aren't attracted to fat people Ugh. because fatness falls out of the idea of the norm of what we think has sexual drive which is thin people right, right. and so what are your thoughts on that and you know do you get horny? Do you fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I do. Um, I am, I'm turned on so much in yeah. my life. I'm horny all of the time, and yeah. I fuck as often and with whoever I want to fuck. Yeah, um, that's great. My partner, because I'm in a, a, yeah. a relationship. But <laughs> no, 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 that's great. Though. But the idea here too is just like I'm so sick of this idea because. Actually, like, the, one of the first ever, like, uncovered and unearthed relic statues yeah. of fertility is yeah. a fucking fat body. I mean, yeah. a big bellied, huge tits, like, big fat arm statue, the Venus of Willendorf. Like, yeah. that is a, a fertility statue. So then anybody who comes at me with, like, mm, people are just biologically attracted yeah. to people who can have kids. I'm like, well, then let's fucking Big circle it back. Yeah, I'm like, like, let's circle it back then. And also, like, shut up, biology. That's such a stupid excuse yeah. to excuse your phobias or your bigotry. Yeah. Um, and it gets cloaked as preference. Like, fat phobia is not a preference. If you will not date fat people, if you don't find any fat person attractive, that is fat phobia. That is not yeah. a preference. And for you to just pretend and hide behind it as like, it's just my personal preference, that's just straight up false. 
And I'll tell you exactly why, yeah. because I think a lot of people get defensive about this. Yeah. But the truth is that our preferences are formed by our culture, the people that we spend time with, our parents, our peers, our media, etc. So if you were not around any fat people, or if you were fed the idea that fat people are disgusting, they're yeah. more fair, etc. It's wrong to be fat. It's wrong to yeah. be weight. If you're fed all of those things, that's going to inform your preferences. Yeah. Because your preferences are not neutral and they're not yeah. actually that personal they are very socially constructed and, and created you have to le- unlearn those then yeah, yeah because Anytime you look at me and say like this entire group of people based on identity I will not date then I have a question to ask which is just like you're telling me that if you found like this person was like so on your level they treated you so great you laughed you had a good time you both like bonded you had shared things but they were fat or insert whatever other identity mm-hmm. component you would just immediately like exile them from your dating pool and yeah. I don't want to get that twisted with like you know, if you don't want to date, I don't know, someone who's like a white supremacist, yeah. I'm like, okay, sure. But that's not an yeah. identity, right? That's yeah. a behavioral choice that they are making to be a white supremacist, right? Well, to be a devil's advocate, then people will say, well, it's a lifestyle choice. Right. But like that goes back to the idea the of like thing. fatness. Like yeah. whether I am actively choosing to be a fat person mm-hmm. because I'm denouncing diet culture and I'm existing in my body or I have genetics, et cetera, it's hereditary, yada, yada, yada. No matter what that is, I get to have that choice, right? And it doesn't – it shouldn't deter you from wanting to date me, right? And when people play devil's advocate and say things like, oh, well, I would say the same thing to somebody who smokes – Yeah. That is such like a red herring fallacious argument because Mm – my fatness is not, again, this behavior of, like, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And, again, like, you are telling me that no matter what, you're not willing to date me because of my body size. Yeah. Right? And, like, what you might see smoking cigarettes as, like, a negative thing, right? Mm. Uh, everybody has opinions on smoking cigarettes, etc. But, like, my body is not a debated topic, yeah. Right. Like you don't get to debate my body. Debate mm-hmm. smoking. That's a again a choice. It's an action. But like my body is not a debated choice yeah. for you to discuss. Yeah. Um, and so I think that when people throw in arguments like that, like over lifestyle choices and things of that sort, mm-hmm. I think it's really it's hard to argue with people because my existence is on the line. And, and I why do they even feel like that's what's also um crazy to me is like the feeling of that you could even take up that space about someone else's existence. Like, that doesn't impact yeah. you at all. Mm-hmm. Like, anybody else's choice. Like, right. we're just humans. Yeah. Like, treat people like humans. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, if you're not willing to date any fat people and you don't find them attractive, just straight up say, I'm fat phobic. Like, just yeah. say that. Yeah. Just outwardly admit it. Let's be real. It's and not so a preference. you can challenge yourself. Right. I think it'd be good yeah. if people just said it as it is. Yeah. And then you'll not like hearing it. And then you're like, fuck, I think I need to do something <laughs> or, about unlearning some right. shit that's in my Or you'll just mind. be a shitty person and not do any work. And then you'll decide, you'll see who you have in your social circle. And that will tell everyone else a lot about you. Because you know, people, the sad thing is some people will just keep going. Yeah, they don't care. And they'll keep being that fuck Because face. I have a lot of, uh, you know, my, I don't like posting on TikTok because most yeah. of my comments are just flooded with people who tell me to kill myself, et cetera, because I'm fat. And, and I feel like it's towards women more, this discrimination. Oh, yeah. Anyone who's feminized. I feel like women are feeling mm-hmm. 
that discrimination. I don't know. I think anybody who is not a cisgender dude and uh, experiencing like a lot of benefits of misogyny is really feeling the impact of fatness. I know that like I was having a conversation with my friend who um, is like trans mask and also fat and was Mm -hmm. talking about how like they never feel sexy unless they're performing femininity because I think – there are some ways that fatness, like if you're a fat person, you have larger breasts mm-hmm. or a larger butt, then you are seen as a sexual object mm-hmm. because you have this hourglass figure. But yeah. if you're someone like me who carries a lot of my weight in my belly, like I don't see a lot of people who are deemed as sexy who have large bellies. I mean, I deem them all as sexy, right? Yeah. And I think that one of the ways that any fat person who's listening can really reclaim their sexiness is to spend some alone time with your body. Like actually touch your body. What does it feel like to hold your belly? What does it feel like to touch your side rolls? Like what does it feel like to look at yourself in the mirror outside of anyone else's perceptions and again if your first instincts are judgment and you're you're like being unkind to yourself ask yourself where are you getting that info from i really like that piece of advice it like made me even smile like touching your body and like your roles and feeling good about it and like only in the last few years of my life have i been comfortable with like partners grabbing on to things like that at first, like, I would always not want a hand to touch the roll for too long. Like, if it was caressing and moving past it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, moving. But if it stopped, I'm like, why is it stopped on that part? Uh-huh. And, and, and so me loving to touch myself has allowed me to allow others to touch myself in those ways. And now I love when my role is grabbed on. Mm-hmm. When it's like, come here and my role is grabbed on. I'm like, ooh, grabbing on to my role. I mean, okay. also, it's just like, what a playground. Yeah, you loving know? all parts of me. I love, <laughs> it makes me feel like exactly what a playground. My a whole playground. body. Grab on to all of these roles. Yeah, they're monkey bars. Lick it, grab it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Climb on Bop it. Bop it, <laughs> flip it, whatever. All the things, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, as soon as we can learn that our bodies are just, like, so incredibly vast and just like carry so much importance in so many different ways and it is absolutely true that you will never find a body that looks exactly like yours they might be similar but it will never be yours and that should be a magical moment of realization that like you are the only map that looks like this yeah no it cannot be repeated and even if 700 people were in front of you taking photos of you or drawing your body they would all look so different because no one will be able to replicate your magic yeah no i think that's awesome and i think we need to start loving ourselves sooner because as you get older you know you get older which is still beautiful and wonderful in its own ways but in some ways you're like oh i should have loved myself more mm. when you see an older picture when you see that youthful you you know when you're like oh why wasn't i loving look at me look at how beautiful look at her <laughs> why didn't i love myself so like now it's like i need to do that now yeah because i'm going to think this in 10 years also and hopefully still be loving myself then right. yes of course but the new me then 
And then I'll look back and I'll say, why didn't I love myself more then? Mm -hmm. And so. I also think that something to do is just like do all the things. Even if you don't love yourself, even if you don't think your body is deserving. Wear the things. Just do them. And then when you look back from 10 years, you could be like, fuck, I really wish I would have loved myself more. But damn, I'm so glad that I wore that itsy bitsy bikini. Yeah. Like I'm so glad I rode that bull. Like whatever it might be. It's like at least you did the things, right? And. I totally understand. Like, I think I've continued to live a motto of, like, I really just don't want to regret anything that I do, even if maybe people would say, like, you should yeah. regret that. I just yeah. want to be able to live you my life. You not doing it. Yeah. I want to just live my life as if I am a fat icon in my own regard. Yeah. I want to be the main character. Oh, wait, I am my hear? main character. Did what, you didn't I hear what? You are a fat icon. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> right so that okay so i now i have like so many questions that are popping off in my head great um one question is earlier you were talking about your belly and loving big bellies and um uh it makes me think about you also model Uh uh-huh and so i you know the plus size model industry industry they have these spaces where i feel like only a certain body type is really reflected yes and so i guess how do you you know is Plus size modeling really serving plus size realness? Um, I would say that any of the brands who are sticking with an hourglass model, (laughs) Torrid, are not serving the population of the people who actually fucking shop there. I want to see big bellies. I want to see apple shapes. I want to see pear shapes. I want to see cellulite. I want to see jiggly arms. I want to see jiggly thighs. I want to see it all. I want to see B bellies, D bellies. I don't know what other bellies. I want to see the apron. I want to see everything because that is the realness of fatness. It does not just look one way what is the apron okay the apron the apron belly is a belly like mine where basically like the lower part under the belly button kind of like hangs yeah and it's called an apron because okay well i like to think it's called an apron because like underneath you could store things like a little pocket on your apron but also it's called an apron (laughs) i love that because it you know it like hangs down like okay so wait what's the difference between an apron and a fupa what okay a fupa let's not get it twisted yeah it's not a belly a fupa is your fucking mons pons because i thought a fupa was down here and a the fupa, fupa is like, your mons pons because you know i have pons. i have an i have I'm a little like, bit of an apron i have a baby apron yeah great i love your baby apron yeah and so but then someone was like oh that's a fupa and no I was like, no no it's literally called a fat upper pussy area yeah. that is not a belly if it was a belly we called fat that. upper belly area yes right so yes. no or be like fat lower belly area no so a fupa is the mons pons it's the area right above where you have your your labia start okay this is getting sex ed up in here a part of me was like i'm about to bust it out right now i know i was like hold on let me show you let me demo but i mean yeah like i think that's the beautiful part of it and so like for me plus size modeling is fucking revolutionary on my own terms because i'm reaching out to all these brands who have models that are hourglass and i'm like hi how do we diversify let's get me in there right like I don't care if it sounds okay, self-centered. I'm like, welcome to me. Fly me out. Bring me whatever it needs to be. Because, like, people are tired yeah. of seeing people who don't look like them. And that's, like, a call-in to Torrid. Because, like, they have been using smaller models. Yeah. And I just think, like, it's important to acknowledge the spectrum of fatness. And, like, to acknowledge our larger fat folks who want to be seen. 
Yeah. Especially because Torrid is an amazing company that goes up to a size 30 and not many companies do. So I'm like, so show size 30s. Yeah. Yeah. So you say the spectrum of fatness. Yeah. Is this, uh, tell me about the spectrum of fatness. Like, are there different parts, like different components, yeah. different places people reside? Yeah. So um, somebody I know on Instagram, Fat Lip Ash, is mm-hmm. her handle, kind of created this idea of the fat spectrum and talked a little bit about it in terms of sizing. Yeah. Because as you get larger, your access to clothing sizes, but also just like access to structures, like fitting Spaces. in. Exactly. Or being heard at the doctor's office dwindles, right? Mm-hmm. So we have, like, the small fat identity that's going to be someone who's wearing, like, you know, a, a 1X, 2X. And then we have a mid fat that's going to be, like, 3X, 4X. Mm-hmm. Large fat, 4X, 5X. And then uh, a super or infinite fat, which is, like, 6X plus. Yeah. And the idea of that is it's not just about clothing, but yeah. it is a marker to understand access and to access, and to think about privilege, right? Yeah. And to think about, like, what companies cater to up to 3X yeah. and then stop there, allowing some fat people to be able to purchase and others to not. And again, like as you get fatter, society with fat phobia continues to like strip things away from you, like access to feeling loved or sexy or seen or represented or cared for as well. Yeah. Yeah. Is there hierarchy within the fat community within the spectrum? I do think so. I mean, I will know, like, as someone who's been a small fat, like, I know that I was treated differently when I was smaller. I know that I received more sexual attention. I know that I could not really question if I was going to fit in at a restaurant, like, in a booth or at a table. I could fit in the desks at SFSU. And I had access where I could, like, probably shop at a couple places in store. And now that I'm at a 4X, like, I barely fit into the desks at school. And I, as a teacher, that's, like... So fucked up that I can't even, like, sit in the desks that my students sit in. Um, I know that, like, I want to check ahead for seating. I also know that, like, the sexual attention I got feels different. Yeah. And I know that, like, my access to my doctors actually hearing me and caring for me is – I mean, it's never really been a thing, but it's definitely worse now. How do you – given the discrimination you face in the medical industry, how do you advocate for yourself – in the medical system? I, it's, it's really hard. It's really challenging. And I really, I bug the shit out of my doctors. Mm -hmm. Like if I ask them to do, I have PCOS and I have hypothyroidism. And so I will ask them to like run a bunch of blood tests. And if they like decline that, or if they're like, oh, you know, like this is just something you need to be monitoring. I'm like, no, I want all of these tests. Like I'm paying insurance. For this place, like you know, like so. Give I me guess what I knowledge need. having the yeah. knowledge of what you need helps what you I need advocate for yourself. Helps me advocate, and the other thing is that um, I decline to be weighed, yeah. and I will specifically ask, like, does weighing me change anything that's going to happen today? Yeah, and that, and if they say something like, oh, well, medication doses, I'll be like, I'm not on any medication that has dose related to weight. It's all based on my thyroid percentages. Um, So that's been really great. And I think the other way, too, is, like, if I have a doctor who tends to move towards my body as a problem, I will say to them, like, I have been continuously fat. This is something new that I'm experiencing. My body is not the sole cause of this. Mm -hmm. If I were a thin person, what would you prescribe? Yeah. And, like – It sounds very blunt and not every doctor is willing to listen to that because I think, you know, as some – I have a master's degree so I get, like, the feeling of, like, when you earn a bunch of degrees you feel, like, more 
apt and more knowledgeable. But, yeah. like, doctors are not the be-all, end-all of knowledge about bodies. Yeah. And I actually had an experience with a dermatologist recently who was like, bodies are not mathematical equations. Like, I don't – I can't tell you what's happening with yourself because I don't know everything that's going on with your body. And I'm like, yeah. that is so interesting that you're saying that in this system that pretends that everybody can be treated exactly the same, yeah. you know? Um, so She's I think, decolonizing or they're decolonizing. Yeah, yeah. yeah in some ways, I do think Medicine. they are decolonizing the medical industry Great. when with taking actions like that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, knowing stuff, knowledge seems to help any marginalized community navigate within the systems that oppress them. It's like if you have information, you're better equipped with some tools to yeah. help yourself, which sucks that you have to have that information yourself because nobody's going to help you out with it. Right. And so. Well, and also like one thing I'll say, too, is like having a fat community is so incredibly important to me. And I also host a free virtual support group for fat folks. And in yes. that group, I feel like we're constantly preparing each other for hard moments, yeah. giving advice, talking about fat care provider, fat healthcare providers that people have had good experiences with. Yeah. So I think there's also knowledge and community. Like as a fat person, I cannot be surviving against anti-fatness without my community with me. Yeah. No, yeah, that's really great. And again, us exposing ourselves to people, talking to people, understanding helps unlearn. Um these ways we think uh but and i'm all scattered but when we go back to clothing i wanted to go back to clothing and think about we talk about these different sizes i know when i was living a small fat life i it was really hard for me to find anything um when i went thrift store shopping i always felt like there wasn't anything um accessible past i don't know a size 12 <laughs> oh yeah it stops at yeah. like a large extra large most of the time so it's like where where are all the fat clothing at thrift stores? Are fat people, like, are fat people not dying and giving up their clothes? Oh, contrary to popular belief, contrary. they're very healthy, and yeah. fat people are living they forever, are living and that's forever. why their clothes are never at thrift stores. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, I think there's, like, 700 different reasons for this. I think one reason is I actually had a friend who worked at Goodwill and yeah. straight up told me to never donate my clothes there because after a certain size range, they throw that shit away. They throw it away. They throw that shit away because they're like, who's coming here to get this size? Now, it's not universal, I think, at all Goodwills, but I think Goodwills in certain areas where they don't think fat people exist. I'm putting all that in quotes. Um, so Fat I, people exist everywhere. I know, I know. But the other thing, too, is like Buffalo Exchange Crossroads, they won't accept above an XXL. Like they will not take it. They won't offer you any money. If you go to them, their clothing racks end at an XXL. Oh, my gosh. So what I want us to do is I want us to find a pair of pants, and I want us to go there. I want us to film it. I want us to. Yeah, let's do it. I have high-end plus-size clothing that I could take there, and like, they would decline it. Be like, how much can we get it. for this? Maybe we have to do, like, a secret camera situation. Yeah, yeah one of those, oh like, pins from, like, Never Been Kissed. And call them out for their fat-phobic yeah. bullshit that's only contributing to – Ableist ways of thinking, but also fast fashion. Yeah, bullshit. and classism. Yeah. Because if we think about any of the intersections with fat phobia, we also know that there is a fat pay wage gap that happens. And fat folks are oftentimes POC who are oftentimes low income because of systemic 
oppression or disabled yeah and disabled way. all those different intersections right and so where the fuck do you want us to get clothes because people are always like i don't want to see fat people in less than you know fully covered it's like well you're not giving us options so i am so going to be money. naked it yeah. costs so much money like fat clothing i don't know if they're fat like, more material and then you're paying a fat tax right on- but they don't charge you extra money between the difference between small and medium or medium to large or small to extra large they don't charge extra money there but that's all different material usages yeah. but then they charge money when it goes above that so there is no actual logical reason behind that besides fat phobia and it's like okay from a business point of view they're like well we don't think we'll sell that many of them so if you have to make that we'll charge it but so many so many percent like we said earlier two-thirds of americans are overweight and so there are people to buy it yep and also as Here's my very real lived experience. Yeah. Anytime I go to Target online to purchase like a three or four X, that shit is sold out. And all the other sizes are available. available. And because Target's Target's (laughs) killing it. Target's killing it. Target's killing it with some of the things they got. Now, Target, if you're listening, please put this into your store. Put plus sizes into your store more because they're not always everywhere. And also make your plus size go up to a six X. Thank you. But yeah, I, I like that. It's like they're sold out. I have a hard time finding things online because my sizes are sold out because yeah. people are fat and they are purchasing. Okay, so you said one thing is is they're just throwing it away. Oh yeah. Second so, thing is they just don't want to accept it because it's straight up fat phobia. And the third thing is like I do actually think some fat people like myself, like I hold on to all my clothes because I I lived in scarcity for so many years. Like, it wasn't until a couple years ago that I was able to purchase as much clothes as I have now. And because of that scarcity of never being able to, like, my mom was dressing me up in Mervyn's, like, baggy short shirt sets from the women's workwear department, you know? So, like, <laughs> you were looking like a little eight-year-old businesswoman. I was looking like an eight-year-old businesswoman showing up to run the fucking mile in my women's business suit, you know? I gave me them quarterly reports. Right, exactly. So now it's, like, because of that scarcity, I think a lot of fat people hold on to their clothing. You're 100% right. I'm not going to lie. I have some of my small fat clothing still. Yeah. It's like and in bodies a box, fluctuate. Because bodies fluctuate. I never know. I have some larger pants from anthropology that I'm not getting rid of. Yeah. Because who knows when I gain the weight and it's hard and expensive yeah. and I'm keeping these fat clothes. Exactly. And people are like, well, that's just allowing you the space then to gain that weight and blah, blah, blah. And who the fuck cares? Right. I'm living a life. Yeah. I'm good and at things are going to happen to my body. And bodies are meant to change. Yeah. You are not meant to be in the same body you were in when you were 17 years old. Speaking of our bodies changing yeah. over time and embracing that, uh, I really feel like there's been a lot of talk of body positivity coming up mm-hmm. um, since the pandemic. Um, but... You know, I feel like body positivity is turning into something different. So I'm just wondering on your opinion on body positivity uh, and the distinctions between that and fat liberation. Yeah. So for me, I am fullheartedly a fat liberationist because I think body positivity started out as fat liberation work. I think it started out with like really like I think of like key foundational people on Instagram who were all black fat women and femmes who started this movement and then it quickly turned into a lot of thin white people being like, look, here's my forced roles. Like, love yourself. Love your body. Here's my stretch mark. Right. Here's one of my stretch. I only have one stretch mark. And I think, like, great for you. It really waters down the mission. Yeah, it waters it down because also – 
fat liberation, I think body positivity is about, like, a reframing of, like, self-love, right? Yeah. But fat liberation is, like, we cannot self-love ourselves out of oppression. We can do that towards internalized oppression, but we cannot self-love ourselves out of institutionalized oppression, like our medical industry not caring for fat folks, the fat pay gap, fat tax, et cetera. Discrimination that you're facing on a day-to-day basis that is way different from – Self-love. Yeah. So fat liberation is really about understanding that fat people deserve a life with care and dignity and respect from all levels of our structures and of society and interpersonally as well. Mm -hmm. And so it is also about loving ourselves, but it's also about pushing outside of that and asking for real institutional, societal, and interpersonal change Mm -hmm. so that fat people can live outside of the oppression of fat phobia. Yeah. And so body positivity is really just like self-love. It's also, I think it's a little bit of a commodified idea. Oh, 100%. And it's really just to sell shit. Yeah. Um, but it's become capitalistic in some ways yeah. to be like, we're body positive. It's like a rainbow. Right. It is rainbow washing. It's, you know, body yeah. positivity Body positivity, washing. that word is just the rainbow for the right. gay community. I feel like and it's a way to it, make money. Yeah. And it really makes me have like a red flag up when a fat person or when anybody's like, I'm body positive. I'm like, okay, but like, what, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, are you, what's, what's happening behind the scenes? Yeah. yeah. yeah right. Mm-hmm. Let's unpack your body yeah. positivity. What, what does that mean? How do you feel about me? As yeah. A fat <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And so let's go into that. How do you feel about you? Um, I guess landing this plane here uh what we like to do to kind of end it all is uh is ask how can someone anyone friends family the people in your life uh better love you accept all of my bigness my big cackle how loud i am how much space i take up how much color i wear Accept all of the big pieces of me because it's not just my body that is big. It is like every single thing about me and bigness is my brand. And so if you can't accept all the big pieces of me, like how can you say that you love me? How can you say that you want me in your life? I also think like if we're going to go out somewhere to a restaurant or to something, check the seating beforehand. I I feel so loved when someone's like, hey, I made the reservation for five. And also like we're sitting in these chairs that don't have armrests and it's not a booth. And I'm just like, ugh. Wow, melt. Like, no, that's yeah. so good. It's thank delightful. You. No, yeah. thank you for even saying that simple action. I haven't even thought about that before. And, like, that is something that people have thought about. And even, like, at comedy shows, like, accessible seating at a comedy show. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, thank you. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you are. You're a very bright light. So I guess no one trying to dim your light. Yeah, I hate that shit. If you're uncomfortable with, like, the loudness and stuff, ask yourself why that's bothering you. Ask yourself why me being fully in my body and fully myself and fully envisioned is a problem for you. High voltage, bitch. High voltage. Yeah. Big thunder thighs. I'm coming straight up with lightning. There we go. Yeah. There we go. I like shaking them around. <laughs> Hell <bit>. yeah. Musical <laughs> instruments. You know what I'm saying? I can clap with multiple parts of my body. What can you do? Right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clap with multiple yeah. parts. I like that. Yeah. I'm like, are you like anti-fat because your body is clap. not a musical instrument? Exactly. You got this I got clap. a titty slap, a thigh slap. You I got a do belly apron slap. slap apron slap. Hell yeah. I think people would pay for that. <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh my god, is there like an OnlyFats page? Oh my god, I 
Oh my god, I'm blowing the audio waves now. <laughs> but like only fats. That's my next venture. Is it? Is that's that my a thing? fucking next venture? Okay, if this is a business venture, oh. I want to sign on to it. I'm oh a business my god, woman, I want to be involved in this. I'm ready. I saved the clothes. Oh. I'm gonna get back into small fat to be part of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. All right, great. We'll have a feederism page where like you're just like force feeding yourself. Perfect. <laughs> I'm just like I want to live this life. <laughs> no, only but like I think that would be. Oh fuck. You know, we think about fetishization and like yeah. whatever. Like totally. Market on the fetishization of things. You know what I'm saying? You know? If you're going to see my myself as not a human, at least pay me for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Make up for that I just want to check. All right? Yeah. Sign my name on the dotted line and let's give me the money and I'll deposit. Zell, all the things, right? You yeah. don't even have to work hard to give me a physical yeah. check. Yeah. But if you don't want to, like, if you only want to see my body as a tool for your sexual needs, as long as money's coming to me, like, we can work it out. I agree. I agree. We you can make it work. Be, you need to make that extra income for that fat tax. Onlyfats.com. Right? I like that. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah. Onlyfats.com. Yeah. Is this a, that could be an ad. Where your needs or, are satisfied. Right. Or this could become like a, a sexy podcast. Yeah. I can go into my phone sex operator voice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, can they tell about if a voice is fat? I don't I don't know. Do you feel like people I feel like people have said that before like they sound fat. I've heard that. I've heard someone say that. And how does fat sound? Yeah, what does that sound like? Also, if anyone's listening and they haven't seen me, I would love if you could just write in and let me know if you think I'm fat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, just too from late the sound now. of the voice. <laughs> Damn it, they're going to know from the intro. Yeah, they're going to know from everything know. we talked they're about. Know. They're that would be know. hilarious, though, if you ended up not being. Oh, my God. Imagine. I'm actually a size two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. <laughs> Me too. This was awesome. Thank you this for being great. here. Thank you for doing Oh, wait. Um, I'll drop the um, – the audio is fine. Um, but drop the uh, name for the – uh, class that you were saying that you teach and your social media is just in case right yeah, now. Yeah, okay. Fierce the- Fat Femme. That's F-E-M-M-E is my Instagram. You can find me on all places under Fierce Fat Femme. I host a free virtual fat affinity group called Full Fat once a month. The next one will be announced this week. And I'm also working on putting together a fat flea market, which would okay. be where you can find all your fat thrifting goods. Awesome. That's actually really great. I'm so glad we talked yeah. about that. They kind of fit right in there. Yeah. <laughs> we need that. Yeah. And I'm trying to host workshops at least once a month on fat liberation work. Yeah. I'm really just trying to get the fuck out of academia and into my full fat life. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. I think we got we got it. Good. Awesome. We're done. Uh, yay. Oh my gosh. That was awesome. I learned so much. That was like the first time we've actually, the cameras heated up and then we're like, and then the camera died again. Thanks again for listening. Please follow us on Spotify. Give us a five-star rating if you haven't already. Follow us on all the medias, you know? We have an IG. I have an IG. And Jelena also has one. Fierce Fat Femme. Mine is Shanti Tron Comedy. Take care of yourself. Clean your butts.